Hello, Moto America fans, and welcome to this latest edition of Off Track with Carruthers and Bice. Uh, we're changing it up a little bit today in terms of the intro. I am obviously not Carruthers. I am Bice, uh, the sidekick to Paul Carruthers, our communications manager, who is on with me today. Um, Paul, how's everything going for you out, out west? Oh, everything's nice out here. I feel bad for, for everybody in other parts of the country, including yourself, that are actually freezing. I know we have a, one of our ad guys, Lance Bryson, is in Texas, and, and that's a bit of a struggle for those people right now with, with uh, no power, no heat, pipes freezing, all kinds of, uh, all kinds of messes out there. So I, I feel bad for those people because actually right here, it's, it's a pretty nice day today. So. Yeah, you know, it's, 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 it's interesting about Lance, too. I mean, you know, we had talked about he's, you know, way down in Texas. And I know it does get cold there sometimes, but it was, it's strange that, you know, they lost power and without power and, and heat, um, his pipes froze. And I was lamenting that because we've occasionally had that happen here. Well, we, we haven't lost any power or heat here, but it was so cold the other night that um, our kitchen faucet, our line to our kitchen faucet froze. And it's, it's done it before. Thankfully, it doesn't burst. Um, it just, and it didn't take too long. It got, got through about mid-morning yesterday before it was working again. But uh, it's frustrating when that happens. I mean, I think those lines run pretty close to the wall. And we had like temperatures of seven degrees the other night. But I mean, I grew up, it, it would be like in, at night, it would get down to like 30 below where I grew up in northern New York. And I don't, I don't miss that at all. And, you know, my mom and dad are in their mid 80s now and still dealing with that at the house, you know, back home. And you know, they get through it every year and seem to be fine with it. But boy, once you get out of that area, you're kind of like, and, and you know, I'm, obviously I don't live in the tropics for sure, but the, temp, the temperature and the climate's a little more temperate here. And I just never go back to that. It's like, it's almost like when you get power windows on your car, you never want to have roll up windows anymore, you know? Yeah, it's funny how you say you can never go back to that. And I can't even imagine going to what you have. <laughs> I know, I know. That's exactly it. Well, anybody from Australia? I mean, Australia did. Australia doesn't really get any snow at all, do they? Uh, in the mountain, you know, in parts. But I mean, basically, where where I was in Sydney, it's it's very similar to here. Yeah, uh, it's got a you know, it feels like Southern California, and and that includes the weather. So yeah, I've never really I've never really lived in in cold climate before. Yeah. And, you know, that's a nice segue into the guest we have this week. It's Alexis Oliveira, who also, she lives in Florida, so she's in a, in a nice, comfortable climate. And, you know, I think it got a little bit cold this past week, but I heard down in Miami, it was still pretty, pretty nice. So, you know, Alexis lives in a state where she can train year-round and, and has been doing so, getting back on her feet, literally, because she suffered a pretty big crash, crash at Ridge uh, last year, our first visit to Ridge, and she's a... She's one of our sport bike uh, trackgear.com junior cup riders, and it was her first year with us last year. So let's bring her in. Um, Alexis, who is now also known as Super Lex, or we can call her Lex or Lexi, or probably Alexis as well. So I guess she's got all kinds of names, but uh, Super Lex 26, thanks for joining us today. How are you? Thank you. I am good. Good morning. And uh, talking weather. Uh, yeah, it's quite sunny here. I got sunburned the other day, but it, it does get cold sometimes, but it's great weather to ride all monthly long. <laughs> That's it. Are you originally, are you a native Flor Floridian? 
Um, I'm originally from Costa Rica, but I moved to Florida when I was around four. Okay. Yeah. So you were born in Costa Rica then. Wow. Mm-hmm. But okay. my Spanish isn't too great. So. You know, that was going to be the next question is how, how is your Spanish done? <laughs> I know, I know the basics and I can understand it very well, but that's all. Yeah. So your dad speaks to you, doesn't really speak to you in Spanish. He speaks in English all the time with you. Well, my dad is from uh, Florida. He he looks like he he has a little Spanish in him, but he's all white. And uh, my mom's actually the one from Costa Rica. Oh my gosh! Thanks for letting me off the hook. When I see your dad, he literally looks like he probably is Spanish, uh, Latino in some way. I had no idea. Okay. Yeah, everyone thinks that. So it's it's a really funny story for him to tell people. <laughs> So let's let's start with the bad stuff, and we'll we'll talk a little bit about <clears throat> your accident at the ridge. Obviously, it was a bad one. Anytime you break a bone, it's bad enough. When you break both ankles, I can't even imagine it. I broke a foot a long time ago, and I was a wimp with that and crutches and all that stuff. But I couldn't imagine having it on both both of your your legs. Uh, how? Tell us a little bit about the accident itself, and then we'll go into, you know, what your recovery has been like and and where you are at this point. So overall, we were mainly really struggling. I've been struggling with elevation and the gearing and just learning the tracks and geometry and all these new things we've never really done to the bike. So when I had my first two crashes, I was really you know, getting down because I wasn't getting anywhere where I wanted to be, especially in the race. And uh, we just changed some stuff with the setup that um, in the morning and they told me, go out there, go easy. You know, it's cold. It's a little bit rainy. So it's going to be slippery out there. So I went out there, you know, I was feeling pretty good. I was like, hopefully I can get my times up and, you know, not come in last place. But, um, yeah, I was just coming into that carousel and I heard a bike behind me and I kind of, you know, slowed down a little bit because I, I didn't want anybody trying to go super hard and pass me. And um, I saw it was Gus Rodeo and I kind of followed him through the carousel and he, he kind of got away, but he wasn't super far away from me. And then we were coming down that hill and I was probably maybe in the middle ish of the hill and he was maybe a little bit farther from me. And I was probably going about maybe 95 miles per hour. I was just full of gas and uh, he just crashed in front of me. And, you know, when someone crashes in front of you, they slow down so much. It's just like slow motion right in front of you. So all I was thinking about is don't hit this kid. If you, like, I never want to hit anybody because that's my worst fear. I don't, I don't want to hurt anybody on the track. So I kind of, I went to just touch the brakes a little bit and my bike just slammed me on the ground and I went sliding to like the left side of the track. And then my bike from what I heard from the person behind me, um cold slide if I said his last name right he said my bike probably went up in the air like 50 feet oh wow uh yeah I just kind of tumbled down I think what broke my 
Uh, left foot was just from the impact of going up so high when I hit the grass. And then my right foot is just from tumbling all the way down to where Gus Rodeo was at. So <laughs> um, it wasn't, I don't know, I've crashed a lot. So it wasn't too bad at first, you know, the adrenaline, I had some, uh, but I was mainly on the ground just screaming, oh, my foot, my foot. So I feel bad for Gus Rodeo's ears because I was pretty loud. <laughs> but yeah. I was pretty surprised when I took off my right boot, my like bone was sticking on stuff. So, but overall they asked me if I wanted pain medication, but I was, I was good. I was, <laughs> I was on something I was, I don't know. Okay. So you do, you, it was your first season of Moto America racing. Um, you had your best result, strangely enough at the very first race at Road Atlanta you did have some crashes along the way. A lot. I don't want to bring that up to make it a negative, but I want to bring it up because did, is it just, was it, a, was it a big jump from what you had been doing to get to the level of competing in the junior cup class? So I, were you, was it a matter of trying too hard? Just explain a little bit about why, why the crashes. Well, it was honestly, big learning curve because when you watch the moto maker races you're like oh my god these these kids are rolling you know nobody really does those times at like track days or uh weera you know so you you just think oh i can go out there and probably you know get top 10 this looks fun so there was a lot of things we we didn't really know about and the difference between the dunlop tires at moto america and um here and how just just gearing and all the suspension and geometry but yeah my first round was pretty good the second race my dad didn't put uh new tires on and then the second round was just I don't know it was very unlucky because we decided to put a slipper clutch on and I've never ridden on a slipper clutch so it wasn't really I don't know. It wasn't fair that we did that. We should have just done that at like some track day, but we were so busy traveling all around and we couldn't go back home a lot because the rounds were back to back. So it was, it was just a really big learning curve, especially with elevation because here in Florida, we have no elevation and uh, we kind of started changing things with suspension and geometry really when I had my, big crash at Pittsburgh where uh, I was going into the S turn and I <laughs> went over that bump and uh, I went into the grass and I tried to come out, but it was just wet in the grass and I got slammed on my favorite helmet. I was so sad. <laughs> but overall, yeah, it was, it's not as easy as it looks, you know? So yeah, it was just a learning curve. And Lex, you're, you're an experienced rider. I want to talk about that a little bit because, you know, I've told you this story before, but I think it was 2015 at the AIM Expo. We, we were there. I was, I was working with Yamaha at the time, but, um, you know, that was the year that Wayne was inducted um, into the AMA Hall of Fame. And so it was a big, big weekend. I remember there was one of the seminars that they had at the, during the AIM Expo convention that I, I saw you and I'd, I'd heard a little bit about you, but I, you know, you were, you were an interesting young lady because you had these cool socks on and you were, you know, you had like a shirt and everything. And I, 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 you know, I knew you were young and 
I, I didn't know anything. I heard about you, but I didn't really know a lot about you. So, but it, it occurred to me that, my gosh, that was quite a long time ago. And you were full in on the road racing game back then. So can you kind of give us a rundown of how you started, when you started and, and you know, what led to you uh, racing in junior cup? Well, it all really started with my uh, grandpa getting me a pocket bike. And for our, my first year, I really didn't have any competition or anywhere to go because my dad, he doesn't know anything about road racing. Like I'm the first person to ever road race in my family. So we, we didn't really know where to begin, but he tried his hardest to look for tracks. And we found this one track, which was awful. There was one turn where you couldn't even go into it because you would crash every time. And then we saw um, Elena Myers was doing a girls track day at the Heron Compound. And that just, you know, that was the most fun. Those two years at the Heron Compound I've ever had. I met a lot of fast kids like Damian Jigaloff and Blake Davis. And it was really cool because all the competition there. And then uh, from there, we started doing big bikes and doing FMRA here in Florida. There isn't many tracks here except... Uh, homestead and palm beach and uh i guess you could say jennings but yeah there it was all the tracks are pretty much flat and i just started off there and training doing figure eights and uh you know last year we got a contact that somebody wanted to sponsor me and they would give me um, money to do Moto America. We weren't even planning on doing it because, you know, it's COVID and everything was really much complicated. And uh, we were like, yeah, sure. It's a really cool opportunity because a lot of people I used to race with, you know, they kind of moved on to bigger bikes. So the only fast competition I really had was maybe Cameron Jones, Alex Ferreira once in a while, or Gabriel De Silva. So we were like, this is awesome. You know, I, I need more uh, passing practice. There's just a lot of more things I could learn with faster competition. So we went out, checked it out, and uh, it just started all from there and trying to figure things out. But it was it was a really cool experience. You know, there was a lot of fast kids, and it was, it was a lot of fun battling it out. Was it uh, for you – you said you weren't sure you were, well, you weren't planning to even do it, but your last year was your first year of being eligible to race in junior cup. Isn't that correct? Um, I could actually, I could have done it the, the year before, but I know for sure I probably wasn't ready to do it. Cause I've only been racing for, I guess, five, six years now. So it hasn't really been long. There's still a lot of things I could learn, but yeah. <laughs> Well, let's fast forward a little bit to now. Um, we've obviously seen the videos and we've used them on our social media of you rehabbing the injury and it looks like you're in the gym and, and getting down to business. How, how is it at this point? Like how is on a percentage of health, where are you, where do you stand at this point? From like the beginning of the crash and me being in the wheelchair and stuff, I've honestly progressed a lot and I'm pretty happy where I'm at right now. Cause you know, I'm able to walk around, run a little bit, uh, jump. It's walking down the stairs is still a little weird, but overall I've been mostly just going to the gym with my dad, maybe doing a little bit of mountain biking, just getting back on my feet. But I think 
I'm doing pretty good at the moment, just trying to recover. And my mom's been crazy with that physical therapy. <laughs> you know, she was pretty scared because I, I was okay since I've crashed so many times, but it was the first time I was ever in the hospital. So she, I kind of freaked her out. But yeah, my dad just told me um, let's train for a month because my cardio wasn't really looking too good and then we could probably do some South Florida mini GP this next couple months. So when what's the plan for getting back on the bike? Is that would be the first time? Yeah. Does I mean the, the fortunately for you the the crash that ended up hurting you the most with the with the two ankles it, w- it wasn't even your fault. Um, does do you think getting com- is is getting is getting the confidence back? Is that going to be the more the difficult part than actually the physical part? Um, yeah, probably because you know that was back to back from when I I kind of ran into Dominic Doyle, which I I felt awful about. But uh, it's, I'll I'll probably be there, but like passing wise and passing people, it's probably going to take me a little bit of confidence to be near people because. You know, it's just when it's back to back like that, and it's really unlucky. Um, you know, I'm, I'm afraid of hurting somebody. You know, Lex, I want to. You mentioned that, and and I wasn't going to bring it up, but I, I do want to ask you about that. So at Pittsburgh, which was the prior to Ridge, that situation with Dominic, and that was a weird situation for a lot of people with him being on the track, and you know, it looked like to us, and maybe you can explain what happened, but it looked like to us there were just so many people coming through there, so many riders that it, you just happened to be all of a sudden there he was on the track and you didn't really have anywhere to go. But just because a bunch of other riders avoided him didn't mean that you could because you just happened to be right there. Is that a fair assessment of what happened there? Well, I, I saw like when we were going into the turn, you know, I saw a bunch of dirt fly up. So I kind of slowed down already. And I was just following um, the the bikes that were going to the left but one of the bikes slowed down so much that I couldn't slow down enough to you know like be still be behind him so I decided that I was gonna go to the right and all of a sudden Dominic Doyle was right there when I was deciding to do that since I had it was either the grass and I don't really do a lot of uh dirt so (laughs) I'm not very confident with the grass and uh yeah, when I hit him, I was, I didn't even, usually I like look at my bike and I'm like, oh my God, is my bike okay? But I went running to Dominic Doyle and I was like, are you okay? You know, I was, I felt awful. Well, you know, I, I've never told you this, but maybe your dad did. I don't know. But later in that day, I went over to see, you know, how everything was. And I saw your dad and your dad said, you were, you were just so uh, distraught over the whole thing that you thought you would really, really hurt Dominic pretty badly. And, uh, you know, it didn't, it didn't look like much from TV. I mean, I don't want to minimize it, but you could see that he was okay, even though it was a weird sort of impact. But your, your dad said you were really shaken by that whole thing. And, and you know, I mean, I instantly felt terrible about it because, you know, it didn't look as bad to us, but boy, it affected you, huh? Yeah, that was, you know, when you're on maybe a 300 pound bike and then you just slam into the back of somebody and they go rolling, you're, I don't know, it just... It was the first time I really ever hit somebody. So I was, I was just freaked out the entire time. I couldn't, I probably could have went back out to race because my bike was fine, but just the entire thing kind of 
you know, made me afraid. Because Pittsburgh is my favorite track. I love that track, but I just, I was too shocked to go back out. I was in the right state of mind, as my dad would say. And then, you know, for me, I mean, being a writer, I think of these things as foreshadowing. I, I'm sure it, after Ridge, you probably thought, you know, oh my gosh, you know, that what happened at Pittsburgh and then that, it was kind of odd that it was in some ways a little bit similar. The thing with, with you and Gus that was strange is that you guys had crashed on the track, but you literally ended up on the, off the track, kind of in a bunch, bunched up and together too. It's strange how the whole thing, you kind of end up stuck together and, you know, Gus, broke his femur in that crash as well. So it was big crashes for both you, both of you riders. Um, can you specifically tell us both of the brakes to your ankles or feet were not the same uh, on each side, but they were clearly bad. Was there one worse than the other? And what was it like from that moment? You couldn't, obviously you couldn't get on your feet. You weren't going to be able to walk for quite a long time after that. How long was it before you could walk again from that that moment, you know, tell us, tell us about that. There's a lot in there. I understand Lex, but you know, tell us, tell us about what the actual specific injuries were and how long it was that you couldn't even get on your feet because of what happened. Um, well, my left one was worse than my right one. My right one was more of an actual ankle break while my left one was more of like my top foot break. <laughs> I can't tell you the exact bone because I can't remember. <laughs> but um, yeah, afterwards when I, I broke it, I went to the hospital, right? And I was probably in the hospital for a long time. And when they decided to, to clean out my right foot, it was after... <laughs> My dad's writing something down. Oh, my talents. Um, um, but they, I had to wait like maybe eight hours until they actually decided to clean my right foot. Cause you know, my right foot, my, my entire, my foot just split open. And, uh, I don't know, I guess they were busy with the people who put you to sleep. So they were just trying to do it without putting me to sleep. And that was, probably the worst pain I've ever been because they they put they put me on some drowsiness medication and it, it was a weird feeling because I could I was still awake but everything was super blurry and all the noises were blurry and I could just feel like a huge pain in my uh right foot but yeah um I was in the hospital for maybe about a week. My mom came over to Seattle freaking out the entire time. She brought me a bunch of fluffy pillows and uh, it was, it was awful because <laughs> they wouldn't even let you sleep. Like they would come in every two hours, like drink your medication, drink your medication. And I, I love my sleep. So that was probably the worst, like I experienced in the hospital. But um, while I was in the hospital too, like I was saying, overall, my racing, my uh, mechanic also had a pretty bad accident um, at one of the track days in Palm Beach where He's still recovering from that because someone ran into the back of him on a straightaway. So right now he's he's recovering too from like his entire left leg is split open and just a bunch of things. He can't even move his hands yet. But um, 
Yeah, after I left the hospital, overall, it was just mainly a lot of wheelchair, <laughs> wheelchair, and uh, the wheelchair wasn't too bad. I couldn't really do a lot of wheelchair wheelies, um, but it was, yeah, <laughs> but it was, I just stayed in my bed a lot. There wasn't really much to it until I was really able to start walking. I could... I think I started walking on my right foot maybe after three or four months after I kind of started doing physical therapy because they said I could like put my toes down now. So we just started with one foot and I had like the little grandma crutches. It was super funny. And um, yeah, after that, I probably had to wait maybe one more month or two because, you know, the talus, I guess it's just a really brittle bone and a blood supply bone. So uh, they were careful with that one. So I had to wait a minute. And then uh, from there, I was able to tippy toe on that one. And uh, it was a, a weird feeling when I first started walking again. Like I was very off balance because, you know, one foot recovered faster than the other. But uh, it was it was weird. It was really funny. Um, <laughs> and there was there were just a lot of jokes I could make to it. So I, I wouldn't say it was a super sad experience for me, but I really miss riding, you know, that entire time when I was just laying in bed, I was just watching all the um, Moto America Junior Cup races that were going on. And I was like, yes, Woo, let's go, you know, so um, yeah. It, it, you were in the hospital in Washington State. You were not home. Yeah, I you was very far away from home. Yeah, which is really hard. You mentioned the talus bone, and we had Matthew Skoltz on last week, and that's the bone that he broke in, like, several places. Did you did you break your talus in several places as well? Was it that kind of a situation? Yeah. I, wow. I saw when – so when I was – it was funny because I, I was recovering from it, and I saw he broke it, and I was like, oh, my God, ankle buddies. Yeah. <laughs> And then, yeah. and then this morning, I don't know if you saw Nicola Canapa actually broke his ankle. I don't know if it was a talus bone, but he's got an ankle break too. So obviously ankles are, are a critical situation on a motorcycle. Uh, and, and, you know, certainly his, his was his left side, which I know you have to use to shift the right side's a little, little different if you're not on the re rear brake that much, but have you been back on a, on, have you been riding at all like a pit bike or anything to, you know, get, get the feel back since then? No, I haven't yet, but um, I think maybe in two or three weeks we're planning on riding, so hopefully I can get used to that again. Yeah. Has this, has this, has this stunted your, your plans? Um, it's obviously set you back a little bit, but you're still very young. Um, do, you, do you still have the same ambitions that you had had before? Um, there's a lot of goals, like age goals I had to kind of cut off on and I was kind of upset about for a couple weeks, but I still, there's still a lot of things I can do and I can beat. So, uh, I would say, yeah, maybe it, it kind of pushed me back a bit, but I'm, I'm still rolling strong. So I think overall there's still a lot of things I can go for. 
What is what is your um, your ultimate goal, though? I mean, obviously, you want to continue with your road racing. This hasn't changed your feeling on that, or or has it? I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, Lex. So what what's what's your future uh, ambitions? Um. Well, I was planning on like when I was sixteen to win or you know win first place in Moto America for being a girl and stuff. But honestly, my goals are to be like the first girl to win a championship in Moto America and all that. Because you know that that's a just a huge goal to me, showing that the like to the boys that the girls can also go fast too. But yeah, just probably doing more uh, Moto America and I'll see from there. I also want to do some dirt this year to kind of get used to the the dirt so when I'm on my big bike if I ever go off track roading. So yeah, that's that's mainly it, what I have in mind. Well, it's good to hear that you, your ambitions are still pretty much the same, that you still still want, that want to achieve those goals. That's terrific. Um, I want to ask you a couple of off-the-wall questions right now, some things I, I've wondered about you. you uh, one of your persona, one of your alter egos is Super Lex 26. And, you know, what, what is the significance of the number 26? So my birthday is October 26. So I just, you know, I had a number before that, but you know it was it was bad because it was after some like uh biker group that isn't too good i think it was like i don't know so when i was little i was like oh my god we can have nine times nine because i started when i was nine and so when we found that out i decided to change it to 26 for my birthday the other thing I want to ask you is, you know, you're young, but you, one of the things that's notable about you in a lot of your photos is you wear glasses. And again, it's sort of one of your uh, chibis or whatever the character, you know, the illustrated character of you shows you with the, your big glasses on. And I honestly don't know if you wear glasses when you have a helmet on, but you think back to writers like Freddie Spencer, who wore glasses until he had LASIK surgery. Rich Oliver used to wear glasses under his helmet. Do you, do you have have to wear glasses when you're riding do you wear the contacts then um and how how what's your vision situation what, what tell us about that yeah i'm i'm pretty blind i'm as blind as that so <laughs> yeah i i mostly wear um like sport glasses on the track uh, I would wear contacts, but, you know, sometimes I love having my helmet open and having that breeze. So one one big issue that I had with glasses, though, is like whenever it was hot and humid at the tracks, I would start sweating. My sweat would get on my glasses. I was awful because I couldn't see at all. I remember one time at Barber, I was having a race and that happened to me and I, I just kept going. I couldn't see anything. <laughs> So yeah, it's it's a pain, but I don't know. Hopefully, when I get a little older, I can also do the laser surgery. Okay, so listen, we're gonna wrap this thing up, Lex, and I appreciate you um, you coming on. I'm glad your your rehab is going well. Um, continue to work on that, as you obviously will. You're you're a determined girl and. Um, I'm hoping we get to see you back at, at, at Moto America, you know, sooner rather than later. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You got to close your for us here. 
Yeah, Lex, one quick, do you, do you anticipate that you will get back at some point this season or do you think you're going to take the season off? I mean, we're, you know, Bradley Ward's in a situation like this with the femur he broke at New Jersey too. He's going to try to get back as soon as he can, but, you know, he's still working on it. But he, he realizes, you know, he's got to, got to take his time and do the right thing. What, do you, what, what's your plan? Um, I might do one or two rounds this year. We'll have to see mostly on budget and how I'm healing, progressing, and seeing if I can go fast. And uh, just, you know, taking my time because my mom would go nuts if I just went right back to Moto America. So, yeah, it's, it's a situation between my mother and just overall how I'm feeling about it. But hopefully I can be on the track this year. That'd be really fun because I see there's a lot of new racers like uh, Kayla Yakov and um, some other ones. But uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be super cool because all the top three kind of moved on. So we'll have to see who the new top three this year are. That's right. Yeah. And I mean, it's great to hear you say that with your drive to continue, you know, racing and try to get back as soon as you can. I mean, we uh, we're so happy to have you in our series. You're, you're the future of, of American road racing, obviously. And, you know, this past year was great to have you in the paddock. It was fun to, you know, kind of swing by and see, see you signing autographs and different things. You, you have a nice program going there. You, you guys are a professional looking team with your dad and everything. So, you know, really hats off to you guys on, on what you've done so far. And, you know, we want to want to have that back as, as soon as you're able. So, um, I'm going to wrap it up here, but, you know, thanks, Alexis, Superlex, Lexi, and Lex for <laughs> being, being on with this. I, I just want to say to the fans out there right now, we've got a really cool um, offer right now. If you go to MotoAmericaLivePlus.com, where, where you can get a streaming subscription to Moto America Live Plus for 25% off the the regular price of it. And man, we got a lot of subscribers last year with the way, you know, COVID was in a lot. We got a lot of people overseas that started following our series and, and you got into that streaming subscription service. And, you know, we had Roger Hayden on there last year and that was a big win for us. He's going to be back with us again this year. So, you know, people, people have really enjoyed his, his analysis and commentary on life plus and, uh, so we've got this sale going on. It's going on right now, 25% off. And all you have to do is go to MotoAmericaLivePlus.com and you can uh, sign up to get the Live Plus subscription, which, which also has, you know, on-demand video on it as, as well as um, all of, you know, most of our, I don't, I'm not going to say all of our practices, but most of our practices on race weekends, all of the qualifying and all the classes and definitely all the races in all five of our classes, as well as King of the Baggers, the three-round um, championship that we're going to have in that class this year too. So um, there's a lot of great content on there and it, it's, it's kind of wall to wall when it gets going on a race weekend. So again, thank you, Lex, for, for being on with us uh, this week. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you guys. Have a good rest of your week. You too.